level of scrutiny yeah not sociology not fun when not fun when it's you in the hot seat is it i know i mean i just i was i was waiting for you to interrupt me and and i don't uh get that far no i left you i left you hanging the way you left me hanging an entirely entirely warranted level of scrutiny uh to gossip girl and glee um and with you as always uh, I'm Ryan Shilley, and I'm here with Matthew Rather, who hey. is not playing his fucking part by interrupting <laughs> me. What? I mean, I, I just want to... fucking teenager! Oh, sorry. That was a little late, huh? That was a little... It was, it was like a week late. Um, you know, what's um, the most important thing in comedy timing? Uh, what is it? <laughs> oh, no. No, no. Sorry. That should be... You know what's the most important Ooh. thing in comedy? Oh, <laughs> Matthew, did you learn that at the University of California in Los Angeles? It's uh, hear, perhaps you've I, heard of it. It's in Los Angeles. Um, yes, so, indeed. I am a I am a student in the uh, in the graduate division of the of the very program that Jesse St. James Jonathan Jonathan Groff's character uh, aspires to aspires to attend. You know, that's right. He may well, be great. I, it's a it's a tough program to get into. There there are like four thousand auditions for fifty spots. Uh, well, so before we before program. we charge into a a, a a devoting your your graduate program to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. Uh, let's it, let's give a little. Um, let's give a little context here. Uh, what we're talking about is one of the new plot lines in uh, in this half, the second half of the first season. And of we're Glee. back. We're back with What's Glee. It's nice to be able to talk with Glee. I think Glee gets short shrift uh, on this show sometimes because you and I are so devoted, so devoted to Gossip Girl, and uh, it's nice that it's nice that we can talk about it. Absolutely, um, and and it's and I've I've been missing it. I mean, like like you said, in terms of show organization, it uh, it it kind of throws throws us off our game because we often have so much to say about Gossip Girl that we then we say, oh, and Glee that exists, haha. <laughs> um, but so I think this week we're going to start. We're going to kick things off with Glee um, since it's been off uh, off the air for a while, um, and then and and uh, c- contrast with a few elements in Gossip Girl, and then and then close um, close with Gossip Girl. Um, and, and so I think that... Um, where are we with Glee? I think that uh, this is... A, you know, they, the, the first... As we, as we remarked in our recap or our analysis of the first... Uh, uh, the, of the season finale or the, the fall finale, right. um, it, it, they, it was written as if it, if it could have been a, a series finale or a season finale, right? They tied up a lot of the loose ends. It wasn't clear when that was written and shot that there would be a back... Right. There would be a back nine or back right, eight right. or whatever, whatever it right. turns out to be. Right, exactly. And, and so so there was a lot of closure, and so really, the first, you know, what this ep- episode of Glee is about is is disrupting all of that that closure. I mean, they're almost pulling a Gossip Girl, right? They're like, well, uh, here's here we've created some stability, um, and let's, let's 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 just run down what those were. Will and Terry breaking up. Will and oh, what's her name, Emma, Emma. right? Kissing, Getting- and like, there's the you know potential for a relationship there. Uh, the defeat of Sue Sylvester. Uh, and right, her and, and her fired. and her exile, exile to Boca, I believe, right, right. or self-imposed exile, and the victory of, um, and the the victory of the Gleeks at uh, at regionals or sectionals. And, and- 
Well, and then the and the uncovering of that um of 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 the paternity scandal. Oh right, of uh, course. The paternity, the paternity uncertainty uh, between. Uh, Finn and 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 Puck, exactly. and and thus the dissolution of Finn and uh and Quinn's relationship, right? So all of that, all of that happened. Um, and and then as we start the season, they 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 give an illusion of st- the stability of some of those things of of uh Will and um and Emma are trying to to be a couple. Uh, Finn and Rachel are trying to be a couple. Um, and and the and the the fault lines uh emerge. Uh, early on um, in 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 the episode, um, and it's and and you know it, the episode was called Hello, right? And it, and all of the songs had um, had either Hello or Hell in the title, right. and it's about about the reinvention of self or, or and the limited possibilities of that, right? Is 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 a theme running through the the episode, um, but I, one of the 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 points that throws this all the 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 stability of of the the fall finale into into tension is the introduction of the hot hot male lead uh from vocal adrenaline um let's talk uh, about let's talk though about narrative stability for a second because it's okay it's almost like i think that in the um in the finn rachel relationship at the beginning that that seems to be his talking about how annoying she is now that she's actually his girlfriend seems to be talking about some of the limitations of stability and some of the undesired features of stability, mm. especially for an adolescent. I mean, especially if you're you're out to like date people and kind of have experiences and be exciting, and you're not, you know, you're not settling down for life. Um, stability can be an undesirable feature in the organization of your life. So, uh, right, right, Finn, right. I mean, in the in the sort of cheerleader plot, like the Finn Rachel thing gets d- disrupted, but um, but it, it may have been disrupted anyway. Like the you know the the boulder wasn't doesn't want to sit. Uh, at the top of the hill, it wants to roll down one one side or or another. And there's something about about these characters, especially since they are fucking teenagers, uh, yeah. that wants to be wants to be in flux. Well, they're not ready yet for for married life with, with the what with the the weekly Bruckheimer nights. Um, and, um, <laughs> that was such a that was a great detail. I mean that you know. Um, yeah, that, well, that was the. Would you care to unpack that? Well, the the so uh, it's it's revealed in in the course of Emma kind of looking through the DVDs that Will has as they as they are now kind of dating and having dinner at Will's place. Uh, though not, I mean, it's these fucking teenagers, especially for these fucking cheerleaders, not these fucking grownups, because the grownups are apparently not fucking. Because well, the, right, because like the the kids can get knocked up, but the grownups can't get knocked up. You know what I mean? The kids are doing it six ways from Sunday, like uh, Santana and uh, what's her name, Brittany. Uh, uh, you know, we'll make out for Finn, which, but we got to get to that, by the way. But yeah, let's, bra- let's bracket that. Yeah, That's, exactly. actually- <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, what she said. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, Emma is a virgin, you know? And so uh-huh. these, you know, it's, it's funny, the, the kind of, it's funny, the kind of stasis that you get in the adult world that is not in the kid world. The, you know, the other thing I, w- I wanted to say about stasis is that, um, Something. I mean, Belinky's complaint was that you know things that appear to be serialized turn out to be episodic, and mm-hmm. you never quite know what is going to uh, 
disappear after the uh, after the end of an episode and what is going to uh, what is going to continue and you know it's it seems like this is a universe where certain things reset to a default position at the beginning of um, at the beginning of, of every every episode and blinky took this to task because it's not the kind of writing that he likes where you know where the, the implications of something where the implications of something are taken seriously and really followed out uh, in a, in a single storyline and I think that says something about the kind of quality that we've come to expect or, or a, a certain kind of post sopranos um, uh, uh, expectation of, of heavy serialization of of television shows. So, um, but the you know I think you say something kind of interesting about teenagers about the you know the the limitations of self self invention and self reinvention. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and maybe that there there's something kind of uh, that harmonizes with that in the sense that this this is a TV show that kind of can't change that much from episode to episode. I mean there are main plots that that sort of continue leading to a leading to some kind of performance or something like that at the end of, uh, you know, at the end of an episode arc or at the end of a, every episode or something like this. Or the, um, and, and, and ultimately, right, the season will end at either regionals or nationals. I'm not sure how far they're, what, what the, the pacing is well, going to I, be like. Right? I know that Groff has signed up for like eight of the next nine episodes or something like that. So I think it'll probably be regionals because wow. only Vocal Adrenaline or New Directions can win at regionals in advance. You right. Know? So, right. um, you know, so there, so, uh, so there you go. Now, uh, this is interesting because we've been talking about honesty a lot. The, I mean, mm-hmm. this idea about the limits of self, self-reinvention. And it's- wait, wait, let me, I'm going to jump in, though, bef- before just to talk about the narr- narrative consistency. Um, oh, yeah, sure. Um, and so, I mean, I want to maybe push back a little bit because it, what you describe, right? So in some ways, the Blinky critique would actually apply if – you know, we have the 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 fall finality. Uh, Will and Emma kiss, and then at the beginning of um, of, of this episode, there's no reference to that, right? Um, and then and it's like business as normal as usual in, in the school. Like Will's not living with Terry, but they're they're it's not spoken of, right? Like that would be more of the kind of narrative consistency that Blinky would uh, would w- wanted to point out that something major happens and then it never comes back, right? Like Kurt joins a football team and then. It's not referenced again, sure, right? But yeah. I think, or that, or that the the uh, the set list approval is given to Sue, and then that's never referenced again. But it is that, that did come back, right? Yeah, um, um, that that did come come back in the in the fall finale because um, she did leak the set list, right? And so, so I think that so they they actually did a thing where. Um, it, it, this was actually evidence. It wasn't a sort of heavy. Um, kind of 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 serialization like um, oh a Mad Men or The Wire or a Lost, where something from a very long time ago comes ba- comes back, right? And it's it's it's, it's very a very slow moving kind of arc. Um, but they they actually felt the need to work these things out, right? So so there is, and it's I mean it's the in Sue's case it's it's I think like the barest of gestures out. Right, at working right. it out, you, you know. No, I th- that's true. I think that one, but but again, it is it's it's it is different that they that yeah. I guess that one is 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 medium, but they do explain it. They explain themselves even a little bit, right? And just the fact that they they, um, I mean, I guess it raises a question of whether this is a 
who knows whether that is a a a deliberate whether that was like a response to criticism or like cuz there were lots of th- like things they reverted that they never explained before so it's it's interesting that they felt a need to ex- even explain it even in a relatively actually they no, they ex- they actually explained it in a fair amount of you know they devoted the better part of a scene to it right she 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 roofied figgins uh right. and tricked him into believing that uh that and and black fake blackmailed him. But this is, I mean, like, saying that that they spent 30 seconds of a scene on it, I think is different from, like, this is is really a a naughty plot point that is going to get worked out over a sweep of three episodes, say. Oh, sure. Or three or more. I mean, while while she schemes, you know what I mean? And while you see her try different strategies and they don't work out and, and, you know. Sure. So no, but that makes it more like Gossip Girl, right? So it's actually there's almost there's coming to be a convergence in the length of arcs, right? Um, and just as, as an aside, not to take us too far off track, that like, and I think this is, I think you're very right that these kinds of almost mini mini narrative cycles um, create rather than a a pure. Um, pure, purely uh, episodic format or a purely serialized format. These sort of mini cycles create something that that does replicate the life of of a teenager. That things change. You know, friends change very quickly. Um, you know, people's percent, people are inconsistent, as we've talked about in the episode on uh, behavioral economics. Um, and I, I, I say this because um, I was watching Gossip Girl this week with a friend of mine uh, who had never watched the show before, um, and. And 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 just explaining everything. I mean, it, it was like, well, like she had slept with him before, and uh, is the brother of him. And, it's a soap opera. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's totally a, a soap opera. Soap opera. Right, right. And so, and that, and that. But I mean, just sort of trying to explain every scene, like um, revealed how many arcs there have been. Um, how like the the. Whereas, um, if you were watching. Uh, introducing someone new to Mad Men, there's there's less of that. I mean, there's you know if you're th- like in season three, um, you have to say, well, that's Don Draper, but he's not really. He's, his real name is Dick Whitman. He's a whore child, and that's kind of that. You know, he, he, he's, he, <laughs> that he's on his son, wife. That whore son, Dick Whitman. Uh, and he cheats on his wife a whole bunch. Uh, I mean, like right. I mean, so it, 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 the fact is, there are. Um, the, the, the there's these epicycles or these many many cycle many plot cycles are less uh, integral to the, these long sweep shows um and i i guess i mean do you think it's only I, I guess you're right that it is that it is a soap opera, but but we've talked that Glee isn't strictly speaking a soap opera. I mean, do you think this is a sign that it's becoming more soap opera like, or um, or or do you think it's um, that there's there's not a lot to go on? You know, with- Stokes, who is one of the writers on Overthinking It dot com, made, made the point. Um, I think early on in the site that there's a difference between keeping a narrative going and keeping a serial drama going. Mm. And I think that I think that what we're seeing is. You know, these 13-episode seasons that have developed, it's kind of a medium game. You know what I mean? You're not exactly on the green, but you're not way the hell back on the tee. I don't know. I shouldn't make sports references. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Right, so then you just have to go for the touchdown. Um, uh, (laughs) When you have the the power play and the other side's about to get a grand slam, right? (laughs) Right. You got to go. You got to swing at every pitch and go for the touchdown. You know? Uh, Um... 
but you were going to say something else. I mean, I, so I, I just wanted to work that out because I think there was actually a little more in that uh, uh, in that idea than than we even gave, yeah. gave credit for. Well, I, w- I wanted to talk about, like, there seems to be a, a narrative and sometimes a meta-narrative about authenticity, about sort of being, <laughs> yes. being, who you, being who you are, being true to yourself, and being honest, especially with your partner. And the lesson, if there's a moral to Gossip Girl, uh, it seems to be don't lie to your girlfriend, don't lie to your wife, don't lie to your husband, don't lie to your boyfriend, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it, it invariably... Uh, causes problems greater than the problems it was meant to avoid, you know, right, and, and right. no one seems to learn that lesson, um, uh, which, which I guess is why the show is ultimately a comedy. I mean, Fenzel made the point uh, on the Overthinking It podcast last time that tragedy is about how we, how we change and comedy is about how we stay the same. And, uh, you know, so, so these shows, you, you really can't have people learning their lesson because otherwise there's no... There's no narrative in it. engine. Well, that's we should get back to that because you you see this is an episode with with Blair where Blair actually at least for for the duration of this episode is def- totally defeated, right? right? Um, and and is not Blair, and we don't know. And, and again, yeah, it's like my Blair friend, Prime negative. Blair. Yeah, exactly. And and so my my friend who had never seen the show before, she goes, "Well, I like this Chuck guy, but Blair is really boring. Is she like the good girl?" And I'm like, "No, uh, I mean, not um, so- at all." Right, so 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 this is is a huge change, but I, I don't see, necessarily see Blair becoming a tragic, you know, a, a tragic figure um, necessarily. But let's pick that up when we get to Gossip Girl. So, um, sorry, you were you were you were talking about. Uh, so yeah, Gossip Girl. The the moral is is don't lie to your 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 partner to your significant other. Where where do you see this in Glee? How do you see this fitting on fitting in with what we saw in Glee? Well, there's a sense. I mean, the the whole Glee kind of meta narrative is about kind of being true who, to who you are you know you're yes. in the you're in the glee club you know you're like uh kind of ex- accept the thing you're a, that, you're, a, you're a high school spanish teacher well <laughs> right? right and yeah right? sure exactly right yeah and, and well he's an interesting case because he He's an interesting case. I actually want to bracket talking about him because we're talking about um, we're talking about teenagers where you know the world seems to be your oyster and there's there's a sense of limitless possibility and uh, you know Schuster is living in the, in in the world of constrained possibilities where you kind of you make choices along the way and then circumstances beyond your control also happen and uh, this has consequences for the, your domain uh, and, then you're, and then you're having Bruckheimer night right exactly and you know Bruckheimer night. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as far as the, the teenagers go, adolescence is this time where you can sort of, uh, you know, you can, be any, you, know, you can be anything you want to be. And that sense of limitless possibility, and this is, I'm going to try and tie up a lot of what we were talking about before mm-hmm. today as well. The sense of limitless possibility is balanced by a discourse about authenticity, about being true to yourself, right. uh, about being other uh, in in this social organization, in this sort of social organization of high school or the social technology of high school, right? Where, um, and this is figured in several ways, right? Uh, uh, physical disability, uh, racial difference, um, d- uh, pregnancy, you know, sort of sexual orientation, yeah. sexual orientation, um, and all, you know, all these things or the, the stutter. And it actually turned out to be a big betrayal when, mm. um, uh, what's her name? Tina's stutter turned out to be fake because she was faking being different, right. you know? And, uh, 
Right. So, but so then it's not only being true to yourself or 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 a sort of internal selfhood, but the selfhood is still very socially defined, right? Um, that that you like you are true to yourself, but that itself is a a product of of your relationships with others right um and you know it's sort of this um i think it's it's there's an idea in hegel that you only really see yourself uh in the in the reflection of the eye of the person who is trying to kill you in the struggle all uh, right and so you see yourself <laughs> in another person right um and right. in, 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 in this in this in this in this struggle right um yeah and, and so well so that this i mean and this seems to me to be kind of characteristically this seems to be right on point with like the time of life and kind of the issues that are being that are uh, being represented in in both glee and gossip girl this sense you know this sense of well no gossip girl is different because in gossip girl as i've said a zillion times identity is constituted performatively but there mm-hmm. is there is a kind of essentialism uh to glee whatever the ingredients whatever the kind of internal and exterior social ingredients are uh to it there is a there is a sense that there is a um there is sort of a stable uh there there is a stable core of identity yes, and that yes, being yeah. um uh being true to that be that acting in a way that is not in tension with that uh with, you know with your intrinsic self um is an important value now it, you know it comes it comes out in like kurt mm-hmm. in, in plot lines about like kurt coming out or like kurt if kurt is going to play football he's going to play football the way that he would play football sure, and you know sure. do the beyonce dance it also comes out i think in rachel saying something to finn like you know you have to be honest with me i'm always i i know i'm not you know i know i am other like i know i am not an ideal girlfriend i know i am sort of narcissistic and needy and all, and all all of these things, but um, you know, I'm always truthful, and and you have to be, you know, you have to be truthful, um, truthful as well. That's very interesting, right? Because because it, it is a show also in which I mean, I guess part of the why I was bringing up the sort of influence or the social influence or or sort of peer pressure dynamic beyond the fact that, that is a huge part of 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 high school life. As I was saying, it's it is a huge thing that I see coming up. up um, a lot in 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 glee whereas where in, people will sort of get there's there, there's a there's a kind of cognitive agenda setting whereas someone has a has a conversation with someone else and and it changes it, it pushes them in a different direction right so that um you know mr schuster schuster tells um uh, Finn, that he needs to be a rock star. You, you know, he needs to find himself and be more of a rock star, and he parrots that back to Rachel, right? And that's what brings this up, right? So, so I think that it is interesting. Um, I mean, it seems to be the case that in 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 Glee, and I don't know if we can contrast this with with Gossip Girl. In Glee, you know, pressure, right? Peer pressure pushes you away from yourself, and then you you try to you you sort of triumph over that and usually that's through song right through the expression of song is the way that that tension is resolved right in, sure. in glee um it seems like um and, i mean in gossip girl there's also a tremendous amount of this cognitive agenda setting um do we see but i'm, I'm not sure if it has the same um i guess i guess well the cognitive agenda setting seems to be more uh, uh, more. What am I trying to say? More immediately goal oriented. Yes. That is to say, the cognitive agenda setting se- seems to be accomplishing a certain 
uh, a certain task or achieving a certain kind of concrete result. Whereas it, in Finn's case, it's the cognitive agenda setting has to do with the shaping of identity. That is to say, you gotta unleash your inner rock star. So then all decisions are uh, kind of filtered through that paradigm of does this unleash my inner rock star or does this like what repress my but inner rock? But that's also but that's also like instrumental, right? From the perspective of Mr. Shu, he's trying to just get him to perform better as in in, in Glee Club, right? Yeah. Um, and and so that's that's not necessarily less instrumental than um, you know in in the threesome episode of um, of 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 Gossip Girl when Nate says to to Dan like, oh man, a threesome's a bad idea. You never want to do a threesome. The third person has to be a stranger. Um, it's going to make everything really complicated, right? And then that like created. But I think you're. I think the big thing is the the, the in that case the cognitive agenda setting rippled tensions into the um into the relationships right into the relationship with uh oh uh, hillary duff uh, uh, olivia and um and and vanessa right and you know sim- similarly when rufus in last week's episode says oh you have to um you know it be honest with vanessa or you know, he he sets this this agenda with how he how he should um deal with criticizing Vanessa's work um you know that again that that decision ha- has ramifications with respect to the being honest to your partner um so i think that that so these tensions between peer pressure and and how and 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 and, and truth um are 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 present in both gossip girl and glee but the the extent to which they are self-directed versus um versus sort of other directed or directed towards a parent coupling is 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 really is an important difference between the two shows sure all right so now half an hour later we're totally off the topic that we intended to no no that is not true and here's why because um, (laughs) because because we're going to talk about because what we were going to talk about when you when you interjected was um was jesse st james right and and in fact so this is all excellent you know the the we we've we've cleared a lot of uh of intellectual underbrush and set a really nice um uh, uh, agenda for what I think is going to be um, the a main point of the of the the next big arc of of Glee, as you said, uh, which is the introduction of this character um, who is uh, is is the the male lead in 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 Vocal Adrenaline um, who approaches. Rachel at a music store um, begins a flirtatious relationship, and by the end of the episode, they're they're dating. and And a, a lot of this is is about the authenticity of this relationship and and, sure. and of those of those intentions. Um, yeah, over to you. Well, clandestine. I mean, clandestinely dating. This is. I mean, this is a really interesting thing because now we have. Um, now we have a, a, a series of concentric social circles around Rachel, right? The circle of her immediate relationship with Jesse St. James, right? The circle of her glee club friends. And then beyond that, the sort of larger circle of, of high school and, you know, sort of beyond that, the world that she hopes to conquer with her, her Streisandish, you know, musical talents. Right. Um, right. You know, uh, right. So that the, you know, the fact that this, this relationship that it, the, the, 
the kind of being true to yourself and really being with the partner that she wants to be with at the moment uh, requires subterfuge is an interesting uh-huh. subversion mm-hmm. of the of the sort of honesty slash dishonesty dynamic mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that seems to be uh, that seems to be at the moment at the core of where both shows are at ethically right 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 that's very interesting back to you um um well i guess then the other interesting thing about the character um is it's like it's like a hot potato that we're passing back and forth no no you unpack it no you unpack it you know you know where he wants to go to school exactly thank you oh oh i thought you gave it back to me (laughs) sorry it's mine hey hey matt you know where he wants to go to school i don't know ryan where the university of california of in los angeles have you heard of it? It's in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, it's funny. You, we leave out a lot of biographical detail, but I'm a graduate student in the MFA acting program at UCLA's Theater, Film, and Television School. So he, he would be talking about applying to the, um, uh, to the undergraduate wing of that program, many of whose students I know, and who, who, uh, who actually, because I, I am a TA as well, right, many of whom I know, uh, or we'll get to know in a classroom setting. So it's, you know, it's very funny. Maybe next year, Jonathan Groff will be my student at UCLA. <laughs> well, um, are, is, so are the uh, UCLA, and you can, you can, you know, plead the fifth on this, are the UCLA undergrads as snotty about it as, as he is? Um, it's, I mean, it, I imagine, given just, you know, the fact that it is in Los Angeles, um, I'm sure, it, it, you know, it is a top, um, you know, drama and acting school, um, but are they, um, do they have a sort of sense of entitlement or a a a, a sense of brattiness, brattiness well, which you know, seems I, to be part I, of this does, of this yeah. character's presentation well, of sort of, of, I mean, of that sort construction of. of it. You know, it's it's a super and and at, at some point, like you'll have to let me know when this becomes not interesting. But it's the okay, done. Of- Done. Not interesting. <laughs> Fucking bored. Boring. Um, it's. A, I think the choice of this program is is interesting. It it ranks up there with like with the one at NYU, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about it versus NYU because NYU is the school on Gossip Girl. Um, it's it's one of these schools where there are you know four thousand applications for forty slots or something like that. You know what I mean? They have like an for, admit for, for undergrads. Yeah, they have like an admit rate of of one percent. Uh, or, you know, it, so it's, it's, you know, like any of the big ones that you've heard of, um, or maybe that I've heard of just cause I'm in the field, right? Like, uh, it's super, uh, it's super selective. And so there's a sense that, um, you know, there's a sense that like, well, okay, everyone here is, is, you know, super skilled though. I gotta say that, that drama if you've seen fame right like drama school and especially art school like uh, especially at the undergrad level there's a reputation for it being kind of brutal to one's uh personality and sort of right. self-esteem you know and that's like that idea of like break you down to build you up again there there's some truth to that that you know once you get there even if even if outside you present as being very sort of confident uh within the confines you are probably like really suffering you know uh day to day from being you know ground down by uh by self-esteem destroying <laughs> teachers Wow. Fun. <laughs> yeah, well, there, rough, so, so rough there day, you go. Matt. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit, actually. A little, little bit, actually. Um, so, 
Right. So, you know, he'll get his, right? If he, if he ends up at the, the University of California, Los Angeles. Have you heard of it? It's in, it's in Los Angeles. But so let's talk about this for a, se- for a second. Like, is there a difference between that and um, – is there a difference between that and NYU as an art school as it's depicted in Gossip Girl? Hmm. Um, I wouldn't know. I'm a social scientist. Uh, <laughs> all that, all that, uh, you know, all, all those, all that, that, uh, that trade school stuff looks the same to me. Um, well, I don't know. No, there's, I mean, for me, I see the similarity is that, you know, the two main colleges that are focused are, are colleges that have um, a reputation for uh, for arts programs and and selective arts programs are are a plot point. I mean, here it's more just the way the character talks about uh, the University of uh, California, Los Angeles. It's in Los Angeles. Um, it, you know, is it, that is what signals the the selectiveness? And and he talks about it as if you know, in the same way that someone who would be going to Harvard. Um, it's it's very similar to the line in a recent Thirty Rock. What's well, almost the opposite but it's a, it's a similar kind of line in recent 30 rock where uh twofer says oh oh boston i went to school in boston well not not near boston and not not in boston near boston no no not tufts Harvard. I went to Harvard. <laughs> um, and it's a similar kind of uh, 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 signaling of, 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 of the esteem in which you hold your education, whereas NYU actually is, is, is presented as being a good arts program. And right, Dan and Vanessa are competing to get into the same selective writing program, and Dan's not going to get in, and it's going to tear them apart, and then Dan's going to like bone Blair or something like that. Um, that's my <laughs> That's my prediction. Well, right? she's that's the like, one who's she's left. She's the one that's left. You know exactly, exactly. They're gonna bone. Uh, it's gonna be awesome. Um, that's my running, running prediction. Anyhow, <laughs> but like, but NYU is is consistently like, like we talked about this a few episodes ago. Is not like well regarded by a lot of the. the I mean, it was it was it was a runner. Uh, right, Dan ended up at NYU because. Um, Rufus got conned uh, into into giving away his tuition to the the con woman from last season, and so he couldn't go to Yale. Um, Blair couldn't go to Yale because um, her admission was revoked because of shenanigans uh, regarding. Right. It's, yeah, it's sort of it's presented as a runner as a runner up socially. I don't know. I, I wonder if you're dealing with something about. I mean, uh, I, huh. I wonder if you're dealing with uh, like an academic reputation versus an art school reputation, because as a you know, as an art school, at least for the performing arts, NYU is like top three, you know. Right. Well, and I mean, I was in my understanding, the art schools like Tisch was was the part of NYU that became prestigious first. And I mean, NYU in all of the rankings, both in academic, you know, graduate departments, undergrad, um, and professional schools, has been has been rising in all of the rankings pretty steadily for the last fucking uh, social climbers. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're they're the real Dan Humphreys of the university, <laughs> university world, right? Yeah. Um, he's, a great, other, he's a great fit. There's other schools. There's other schools like this, right? I mean, the other one that I know um, that is like this uh, is is Wash, Washington University in St. Louis, um, which sure. uh, which sort of hitched itself to um, a great medical school and then has has 
been steadily climbing the um, rankings in in law school in undergrad. Um, and this happens more and more as as uh, institutions of higher learning become brands. You know, right? Because th- right. this is what you're talking about is is essentially a marketing effort. Right. Well, and, and I think that the 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 NYU brand is is really like you know NYU. Have you heard of it? It's in New York. Um, <laughs> Right? No, but no, totally. Like the friend, my friend um, from high school, I had one friend from high school who went to NYU, and she definitely went there because it was in New York. Um, and, and, well, that that's, was and, you know, like draw, if you, right? well, I, re- I recall many, many years ago when I was reading the view books, right? Uh, that that was a big, that was a big part of their sell. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And it's, and, it, and it's worked. I mean, they've definitely been able to, because college rankings, um, because that's part of it, right? Because the college rankings game uh, is – rankings are calculated in part by certain attributes of your incoming freshman class, like their SAT scores and their grade point average, right? So so they, they both want to like attract higher-ranked students both in general. And so there, you have that pitch of you want to attract high-ranked students who also see themselves as you know, urbanites, as, 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 as little hipsters, as, uh, as whatever, sure. um, as, or as artists. I mean, so I think the artist branding matches with the New York branding, you know, and it's in, it's below 14th street, right? Um, it, it's, it's barely, it, <laughs> it's, it's right there. It's nestled right in there. You know, it's, it's, it's right in, it, it, it's right it, in the, it's right in the West village, East village taint. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Right, that 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 veiny that veiny Lafayette Street region. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, seriously, I, I, wanted, if there, I wanted to lose all of our readers. I would make that the title of the podcast: <laughs> the veiny um, Lafayette Street region. It's the name of my experimental noise collective. Let's put uh, let's push on. Yeah, I think. Wait, I think. I feel like I had a th- a thought that what one last one last thought on that, but I it, it probably wasn't terribly um, Im- important. Can we talk? Oh, I was just gonna, I was just going to say that that <laughs> other the other element of that is tar- targeted targeted scholarships to highly ranked students, but that's really irrelevant to either. Now I realize I've just got a ten minute uh, discourse on on the sociology of college uh, admissions, which is. What I bring to the table, frankly. Actually, so, that's uh, that's not totally off point with the when you consider the larger mission of our show. Fair enough. Uh, Take it away. Back uh, to you, Matt. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. I'm standing here in Los Angeles. You may have heard of it. It is Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about briefly before we before we because I feel like we have to talk about Gossip Girl and the Help, but um, uh, a little bit about the end of sexual orientation and a, 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 or the, the end of sexual orientation is kind of a deal, right? Um, the uh, the. The, the cheerleader plot to recapture Finn involves Brittany and Santana sent on a mission by Sue. And uh, when they take him out on he, he, the date, um, they, they say to him, you know, do you know how this works? You buy us dinner and then we make out in front of you, you right. know, and that right. this is this is sort of presented not as like not as they're gay, you know, uh, or that they're specifically gay. The. Um, uh, uh, Andre Callot, who was uh, briefly a contributor to Overthinking right. It, um, talked about them as as hidden lesbians, and I, I I'm not sure that that's quite true because I don't think they're hidden, and I I think they're actually not lesbians, or at least that they're they're not the 
that's not the point. I mean, I think we're reaching a, a point in it's non it's non oriented sexuality. Well, that's right? yeah, and that's exactly it. And and the other example of that from this episode I'd point to is the Adina Menzel character as I forget her name, but she's the the coach of Vocal Adrenaline. All right, right, right. When she ends up uh, when she ends up jumping on Schuster for five seconds there, uh, she says you're not uh, when when he calls it off because he you know he wants to stay loyal to to chaste virginal Emma right. Um, uh, she says, "Oh, is it because you're gay? Most of the guys I make, most of the the, choir the, the show choir directors I make out with are gay. I make out with are gay. And the idea that this is not an impediment to her making out with them, I think, points to this this, this exactly this non-oriented sexuality. I don't know if you just pulled that out of the Vanny Lafayette region of your mind there, or if you uh, if you <laughs> that would that. be that would be the Corpus Colossum, right? The Corpus <laughs> Colossum is the Vanny Lafayette Street region of my mind, right?" Um, <laughs> The uh, I did, if, if you're asking if I coined that brilliant phase, boy, then yes, I did. Yeah. Um, so there you go, non-oriented sexuality. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Now watch Judith Butler write a paper about it or something, right? And uh, and no. you know, take all just the, just my luck. Judith Butler, you can write a paper about non-oriented sexuality if you also write a paper about the Vanny Lafayette Street region of New York City. That's the deal, or any of you, but especially Judith Butler. Um, so, so right, I and and I think that this is an interesting social development, and I think I have a feeling. Kind of an inchoate, instinctive sense that Glee is mirroring a, a social development among teenagers, and maybe maybe it's sort of coastal or urban teenagers um, of a certain social and economic class. But like that, I I think that this idea of kind of non-oriented sexuality is going to. Uh, it, emerge and kind of play itself out over the next over the next twenty five years. So that's why, my that's my running prediction. Then 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 there's there's what's interesting is is that alongside Kurt, whose whose orientation is very who is still very much oriented and 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 that's very much an issue. I mean, why do you think it's a a, a gender double standard, or do you think it's a a um, about sort of social status? Um, like it is definitely there is definitely a gender double standard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely a gender double standard where it's something that girls that the you know that the girls and the women can do, but that the the men can't do. But I have a feeling that that's just that's a holdover and that that is going to disappear because you know the gay dudes are are also they're making out with the. Uh, uh, with Adina Menzel, right? It's not a. Right, uh, right, it's right, not a. Right. It's not a one-way street. Well, of, and and know, and, and and actually, an example of this in Gossip Girl, right? Is 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 Chuck's? What you never? You think I've never kissed a guy before? Right, exactly. Uh-huh. Or right, yeah. Or the, so that's so, and that's the difference, though, is that is that Chuck is a is a high status male. Um, as opposed to Kurt is a is a low status um, male, right? So um, even and even like you can contrasting Chuck, who can kiss a dude if he wants to, versus uh, you know it was probably in like a a rock and like opium orgy or something like that. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, whereas yeah, and, whereas and, and, Eric, and the dude is Eric like is a... gay, right? Eric is very much gay, right? And the, uh, the dude is probably a Calvin Klein underwear model or something like that, right? Like the right. sure, okay. So there that there's a power dynamic at work, and mm-hmm. let's let's. Let's tease this out a That's little what bit. I'm saying. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Let's see, with with Santana and Britney, they are in a in a kind of manipulation. And I, I don't think it's this episode, but we should contrast Sue Sylvester's style of manipulation with Blair's style of manipulation.
manipulation. Yeah. I, I yeah. know that was your idea, but let's bracket that. There, I, th- I think there will be plenty of both to uh, to, to come in both shows, yeah. right? I mean, I, I yeah, somehow maybe... don't think that'll be a lost topic. Yeah. We um. Uh, they're, they're engaged in a manipulation. Adina Menzel's gay paramours are also her competitors, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Fellow, they're gay com- uh, uh, co- high school uh, glee club coaches. I kept wanting to say college band directors for some reason. Why, why, oh, why could that possibly be? <laughs> but um, they're... they're is, uh, is there something you, you know about Duffy that you want to share? <laughs> so, right, they're... they're um, uh, they're her competition, and and this you can imagine that this is that because she's kind of the Sue Sylvester of Glee Club coaches. You can uh, you can imagine that this is part of a strategy yes. of one-upsmanship or of destabilizing uh, destabilizing the opposition. Right, so right, we're right, right. I mean we're into so, the um, we're so that when there's a power dynamic, this kind of we're into the. Uh, we're into the idea of sex as power, the kind of gossip girl idea of sex as power, and that, right. like, it's actually, like, sex is merely, not even really, it's kind of beyond an expression of identity, and it's, it, it is rather an expression of the will right. to power. Right, but there, I think there's, there's two pieces of that, right? So you're, you're looking at this, this type of non-oriented sexuality, at the intra- instrumental use of that kind of um, sexuality. But I think that I, I, there's a prior, prior, prior uh, um, power dynamic that sort of – there are power inequalities that um, – or status inequalities that make that even possible, put it even uh, in, within the repertoire um, – to begin with, right? So it's not only that it's used instrumentally to perpetuate power um, or by those in power, but it's it's even its non-instrumental use, its recreational use, because this is not like the it's not only deployed by Santana and Britney in uh, in this in this way, um, or at least in, I guess it is it, um, you know used instrumentally to get guys to buy them dinner, um, but it, that the fact that they can even do that is reflective of a, a power dynamic itself. All right. Back to, to you. <laughs> on, to, on to Gossip Girl. Let's in the, in the 10 minutes that remain to us, let's, right, let's right, right. Do... Speaking of, speaking of power dynamics. Yeah. Um... Oh, oh, wow. You passed the ball right to me and I dropped it like a hot potato as I was crossing the 30 yard line on my way to score a basket. I thought, I thought you say you're, you're tracing, uh, <laughs> you're, you're, um, the, the, you're, as you were crossing the veiny Lafayette street region. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wow, that's gross. The more we say it, the grosser it gets. But okay. that's exactly what that part, that part just no-ho is totally, <laughs> is, is exactly that kind of grossness. Um, <laughs> actually, the real part of New York that is like that, the part of that for all of New York is an area that's be- become, starting to be called Nomad, or North of Madison. Um, and it's this veiny stretch of, of Broadway uh, between Madison Square Park and Herald Square um, that, that they're trying to like gentrify and turn into a hip neighborhood. But it is like a veiny string of, uh, of like... Of, of wholesale stores and, and, and fake perfume sellers. Yeah, that's a that's a yeah, that's kind of a tough area, isn't it? Like, I mean, and by tough, I don't mean you're going to get beat up there. I mean, like, there's not a ton that it seems like you can do with it. 
has a lot to do with the zoning. Um, yeah. But there's the Ace Hotel is there, which is the a um, a, a boutique hotel that also has a hip restaurant, uh, hip clothing stores. It's trying to become like a one stop shop of coolness. Of, of uh, hip. That's I've I've had a, a a lovely espresso macchiato at Sump Town Coffee in the mm-hmm. Ace Hotel. It's a fine. Uh, it's there a fine you go. Es- it's a fine establishment. Have you? You're part of the in- problem, not part of the solution. <laughs> <laughs> it's in New York. So on Gossip Girl this week, we saw Dorota's wedding. Uh, mm-hmm. She was married to. Vanya. Um, it was a traditional Russian. Uh, it was a traditional Russian Polish wedding, right? They said that at one point, which indicates that there's a fair amount of intermarriage between. You know, the, the, I mean, I almost read that now uh, that, that there's a traditional Russian wedding, there's a traditional Polish wedding, and then there's a traditional Russian Polish wedding. Sure. <laughs> that yeah, involves. Yeah, that is to like, say, like uh, having to do with the hybridization of national and ethnic yes. identity. Um, and religious and re- and religious, right? Sure. Yeah. Well, right, because, because the Poles I mean, because are, Russian, you know, the the Russians well, are are Eastern Catholics right. or are Orthodox, and the right. the Poles are are full on Catholic. At least since uh, since communism, the the right. full on Catholic uh, tradition of that country has kind of been able to kind of reemerge. And right. you know, JP two was a was a Polish pope. But anyway, so and you know, being good Poles, right? Uh, Dorota's um, parents, uh, being good Catholic Poles, right? They won't if she's knocked up. And not married, they you know they won't speak to her. So this had you know this had uh, this episode had a lot of kind of uh, interesting talk about like the help and what mm-hmm. you can do for the help and what you can say in front of the help and eavesdropping well, on the help and, and are the help family? I mean, yeah. I think that is the the big question. That's uh, the the overarching question in all of uh, Eleanor's sort of inner conflicts about um, right. ab- about aspects of this wedding. And, and, and this plays out in a lot of ways. One of the interesting ones, I think, is like Chuck says, you know, we're going to give them the wedding that they deserve. Presumably, there are a lot of deserving Russian-Polish couples in New York, you know, in uh, whatever, Coney Island or Brighton Beach or whatever, right? <laughs> like, presumably, right. there are many such couples, but they don't all happen to work on, you know, Central Park East, right? Or, I don't know, where do they live? Park Avenue, right? They don't, they don't, they don't all happen to be maids in, a, in, you know, one of these uh, Upper East Side palaces. Um, so it's really the deservingness comes from their relationship to the elite, like a sort of trusted, uh, like a sort of trusted servant, you know, or yes. like a, a um, sort of trusted manservant or, or maidservant who, right, who like uh, uh, has been with the been with the family forever. And it's you know, I mean, it's interesting because uh, the, the, there's a pre-Victorian or a. Um, uh, maybe a Victorian attitude towards child rearing, where it's it's outsourced to the help, right? Right. Uh, right it, there's right, not a right. lot of of parent child contact. It's it's Dorota Blair contact, and she is, uh, and that's an interesting dynamic because she's both an employee of Blair's or an employee supervised by Blair, uh, right? But also, you know, uh, fills a lot of the functions of a mother, and it's right. when Ellen, which in part is is and one of those. Uh, uh, Functions is is authority in some sense, right? right? Moral authority um, and, well, and actual authority, right? Yeah, and and also the sort of the function of interpreting the world for mm-hmm. the for the right. child, and that like right. the at the end, uh, it's when Eleanor overhears Dorota 
you know, giving motherly advice to Blair about Chuck, about, you know, I just want you to be happy, you know? Right. And as long as you're happy, you're fine by me, and right. you can come and sort of be in my wedding, you know? Which is a great scene, right? I mean, I thought it's... it's well, it's I, I mean, like, A... Blair is, you know, ruining this wedding that's supposed to be this sort of generous act done for this couple, and Blair stomps out like a petulant child. Two, um, Dorota comes and is like, you know, I come to to this country for better life, you know, and uh, I meet you and I get it. You are like a daughter to me, and I, I am in your family, and you are my family, and all I want to do is care about you. When presumably that's not all, you know what I mean? There's, there is an economic You know, all this talk obscures the underlying economic relationship, not to get all Marxian on you or anything. No, 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 it it, it conveniently obscures that, right? Like, like it's not only that there are actual bonds of of trust that are formed, but that that then makes the power dynamic – okay or something like that right so that and and so that's why this you know cyrus's behavior of wanting to give them an apartment and and eavesdropping on them are um that they violate that that you know the code uh, the rules of that power dynamic right, right which is that you know which is that their problems are sort of beneath attention uh, beneath the level of our our attention and we you know we don't treat them like like one of us and it's you know it's interesting like family membership is is almost less important than class membership mm-hmm. in this you know in this uh uh way of working it out now of course this being you know this being a comedy right like it does all work out in the end and yeah. cyrus makes the gift of the of the apartment and eleanor uh concedes that that's you know that that's the right thing to do and you know tensions are uh, uh, tensions are resolved, but this is, you know, I mean, that is, th- this has been a very interesting thing about sort of economic and, uh, about economic and, um, family relationships and the relationship mm-hmm. between them. Well, I think what's interesting is that it is, though, um, as you sort of mentioned before, it is kind of, it's performance based, right? If, if, um, Dorota all of a sudden were to start, Oh, I don't know, stealing or doing something that we're not performing the many things that she, that she is expected. I think she, um, would fall out of favor, right? I, I'm thinking of, and I know we don't bring in too many other sh- other shows other than The Wire, but um, th- this just came up in this past re- week's episode of Damages. I don't know if you're watching. Damages. Uh, 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 non-oriented uh. sexuality. Eric's new boyfriend. Oh, you wanted to talk about that? Well, no, no. But sorry, I, no. That's it. That's it. He he had a girlfriend. He left a girlfriend. He's interested in Eric. I mean, this this is again that like these categories are are becoming more fluid. I I don't know that I can think all the way around it. This this week's wait, uh, wait did we just go into a time loop? <laughs> <laughs> this week's episode of Damages. Yeah, uh, and I don't I don't um, I watch it. I I don't know if our listeners do, but you know, okay. Spoiler alert for there, there's just there's just a, an interesting point about Damages in which a um. Um, Martin Martin Short's character right. um, is 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 found out to be you know he is he has this relationship with a family as as their lawyer right and and in, in a similar way and a lawyer is not a, a domestic servant in the way um, in the way that a maid is but you know has also be, become a family member right. this through is- this service um, over over time and and that changes dramatically when when facts about him are revealed right, right. and so that and that, um, and well, I and that, that this that, is like and that he gets into a conflict with the the actual son of the of the dead patriarch right where where it's like no i was the true son no i was the true son no no i was the true son uh i i knew about things that that 
you didn't know about. No, no, no. I was the true son. We would mock you behind your back. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. You know yeah, I mean? that's kind of yeah, exactly. And, uh, this is this is something that that happens with family relationships in in a lot of drama, a lot of yes. Western drama, which is concerned with ideas of patrimony and inheritance. Since right, of, least, of of legitimacy, right? The legitimacy sure. of the of the heir. Right? Yeah, who has who has the right? And like very often, these are very often it's it's a. Um, uh, it's an argument over the definition of legitimacy. That is, that is to say, what sorts of evidence? It's an argument over procedure, in a sense. Like, what sorts of evidence are admissible in the yes. contest about legitimacy? You yes. know, is it is it behavior? Is it biological relationship? Is it you know um, all this stuff? And you know, it, I think it's sort of interesting in Glee that the you know Rachel has two dads. Uh, Kurt's mm. dad is dead. A lot of the parents. Mom's you know, dad. Mom's dead. Mom's Kurt's, dead. No, no, no. Kurt, yeah, Kurt's dad. Or sorry, Kurt's dad, who runs an auto repair place, is alive. Um, but mom's dead. Yes. Uh, like the, the um, Finn uh, dad seems to be not dead. A- dead, right? Or yeah, no, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's dead. It was it was an Iraq War thing or something. Oh, like right. That, right? You know, uh, or he's maybe not dead. I, he's gone. He's Pops, absent. Um, uh, dad is out of the picture. I think, yeah, right, and we, you know, remember when we saw him, the one about Puck's Jewish identity, like we saw yes. him eating dinner on TV trays with mom and his little sister. Uh, you know, list. that there are these, yeah, talking about Schindler's List, exactly. So the, um, you know, like th- this idea that family relationships aren't really stable anymore and aren't the same kind of source of legitimacy. I mean, the parents are a cluster fucking gossip girl as well. You know, uh, uh, Blair's dad is gay. Um, Dan and Jenny's parents are divorced and dad has taken up with yeah. Serena's Serena's mom. Serena's mom Lily is is just like a revolving door of husbands, you know? Um Right. Well what's interesting is that despite in both of these situations in both of these worlds where we, there's a tremendous amount of of instability in the relationships and in, in you know sort of calling back to what we were talking about earlier in the show, that these ideas of like especially legitimacy of paternity Still matter, right? That was the the major, the two driving plot points in um, uh, in, in Glee. The first half of Glee was were were, were baby dramas, were, were paternity uncertainty dramas, exactly. exactly. Um, and, and and in Gossip Girl, you see this with uh, with Chuck's mother. Is she or isn't she the mother? Um, with the 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 secret. Uh, a, a son, the given away son of of of, of Lily and um and 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 Rufus, which was terrible, um, which was a terrible missed opportunity. I mean, that never went fucking anywhere, right? Like, right, right. He should have been trying to make like assert his claim of legitimacy, right? Um, in, in some way, right? Like he just kind of was like hung around and was kind of weird, and that was it, right? And, yeah. And then he played the role of like bringing them together, getting them over their cold feet to get to, so they could, uh, you know, finally uh, go through with their their without shitty any of the, their, I mean, their, their, their shitty lie filled marriage <laughs> without any of the um, yeah without any of the attendant baggage of like oh he's glad that that you know real mom and real dad are finally getting together you know what I mean this is like this must have been his like boyhood dream or something you know that that uh, that such a thing might be possible and it's it's just not. Cap- Capitalize. Uh, well, we've we've talked about it. They really can't. Uh, uh, they, they they really can't hold on to anything like that for more than an episode or two. 
Well, do you want to hold on to us for a, for an episode or two? Or two? Uh, join in the conversation. Um, send us an email at podcast at overthinkingit.com. Uh, follow us on the on the Twitters at uh, twitter.com uh, slash TFT podcast. Um, uh, hit us up on the um, on the phones at 20 fat jog 01. That's 203-285-6401. Leave a message in the show notes. Um, um, do, do anything. Send carrier pigeons. Um, <laughs> smoke signals. Um, uh, you know, find, you can find me in the, uh, the, the, the veiny, the veiny, uh, the veiny region of, uh, Lafayette street. Um, and, and, you know, do it, do it for the improvisational noise collectives. Do it for the, uh, the, 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 uh, sexualities. Uh, but most of all, most of all, do it for for these, these fucking, fucking teenagers. teenagers.